Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's good birthday surprises, like when your friends throw you a party. And bad ones, like realizing you're so old, you can't blow out all your candles in one go. At Phonewatch, we're celebrating 30 years of protecting Irish homes. And we've got a birthday surprise for you. For a very limited time, get a Phonewatch alarm installed for only 30 euro. Yes, just 30 euro. Offer ends November 30th, so order right away at phonewatch.ie. Monitoring fees apply. Welcome everybody to the Blood and Mud podcast, the podcast that's had a totally normal one on Twitter these past couple of days. I mean, Rugby Union has been, for the last month really, has been on a total normal one, let's face it. Yeah. But... I mean, as usual, to be fair, as usual, it is entirely your fault, Josh Gardner. I know. But all this, I, know. I just want a quiet life. I want to quietly make snide remarks about people <laughs> playing rugby. And instead, I end up having to like jump down a chute of free speech arguments with England internationals, which I don't <sighs> want to do. Neither do you, really, but you can't stop yourself, can you? No, I mean, it's, it happens with alarming regularity <laughs> these days. But, uh, nah, whatever. What's funny is they notice you far more than they ever notice me. Is it because you're a person? And I'm, uh, this bla- and I'm, I'm on Twitter. I, obviously, I am a person, everyone. Don't think and I'm also, not. And also, my turn of phrase is quite coarse. Yes, you, you, you give it a bit of hyperbole, <laughs> don't you? Yeah, hyperbolic language. I, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not shy for for using a bit of sort of terse and strong language in regard, which tends to piss people off. One apparently. bloke though did basically use do use do as a personification of Britain in 2020. That I liked. Yeah, which I'm fine. Just fine basically with. subtweeting one of your tweets and go, "This is Britain in 2020." You being all sort of like having a go at Courtney Laws. I assume I get fucking royalties for that. So. Yeah, I mean, it must I be am. said that, a, a, you know, a, Britain has just elected a Conservative government by a landslide and has implemented a Brexit policy. I can see why you would be the face 
of Britain Absolutely. in 2020. I am, I am Britain is like after 10 years of the Tory rule and, you know, increasing slide towards fascism and the far right, you know, <laughs> I'm exactly. I absolutely tip. See, there's your turn of phrase. Britain. You see, that's why. That's yeah, that's yeah. that's why people call you a liberal because <laughs> you say things like that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. So that was an interesting one. I've done a lot of muting. I, 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 do you know what? I don't. I haven't done any muting anymore because I, after the whole, you know, my timeline getting invaded by transphobes for a week thing, I have a. A setting on my Twitter that means I don't see anything that isn't from someone I follow. See, there you go again, so, using mm. words that people you don't care about will get upset about and come and have a go at you about. <laughs> Why don't you want to appease the people you don't care about? Yeah, people that I don't care about who I also won't be able to see unless they already follow me. <laughs> so they're basically just shouting into the ether. Yeah, I did notice you did that on your last uh, inclusion type tweet. You you did the no fucker can respond. Oh, the no to replies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then some. And then the next day when I said something about uh the players kneeling in in a positive way i think uh somebody came in and said that basically had a go at me for locking that tweet but then allowing replies on this the other one you can't win it's basically <laughs> what i've learned well you can't that but... much we have learned you definitely can't win <laughs> <laughs> um, uh... so other than you know selectively muting Responses to tweets and so on. What yeah. else you've been up to since we were last on? Uh, not a lot. I mean, I I watched some rugby that I had a stake in. That, that was, was an not... interesting new thing, wasn't it? It was weird. I didn't realize. Did you enjoy how... it though? That's the question. <laughs> I mean, I kind of did in a way. Like it was weird to like watch rugby in a you know Super Rugby's been fine, Premiership's been fine, but having skin in the game. Is something I didn't realise that I'd missed until I sort of got that flutter of nerves just before kickoff, and I was like, "Oh, oh, it's been a while <laughs> since I felt like that." And I mean, yeah, for thirteen minutes it was fucking brilliant, and then uh, it was just very, very nerve wracking for the next seventy-three or whatever it was, but sixty-seven, I should say. Um, but yeah, it was nice. I, you know, even though we drew and it wasn't the best game ever it was just it's nice to have something that felt meaningful i thought i do like the idea that you know this whole thing about i'm going to try something when i i'm going to try new shit when i come out of lockdown i do like the george north thought he'd try and get sent off for the first time in his career <laughs> well he's gonna gonna try and, and you know committedly compete for a ball in the air which is something that he hasn't often done in his career <laughs> have you seen the size of his arse and leg you try lifting that off the floor <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, actually, do you know he's got four weeks for that, right? Which, fair enough, frankly. Standard, yeah. However, they are complaining that they've insisted that George North has to miss four meaningful fi- fixtures, which means that he might have to end up missing Wales games because there's only one game left of the Osprey season. We call that the anti-Joe Marler gambit. Well, it's what I was about to say. Uh, when what, what meaningless games did, meaningful games did Joe Marler miss then? I, I, you know, I've got a total void in my memory of, of so many things now, but there's a void in my memory yeah. specifically around, I thought that, I've definitely got a memory of a few years ago when they said, if you're banned, it doesn't go off time, it goes off the games you're available for. And that seemed yes. like a big shift. So why is it cause pandemic that hasn't really applied here? Or uh, I think it's just because Joe Marler. They were like, ah, 
fuck it. Is he because he was supposed to be been banned for ten weeks, right, Marla? And yet he, I don't think he actually. I think he maybe missed one Harlequins game and no England games because England got all their games got cancelled. And well, surely it just rolls over until the next time that rugby is anyway. We could go on forever about this. I do. I don't it get it. That's absolutely what should have happened. Um, but yeah, what the the weeks they serve are supposed to correspond to weeks when they're scheduled to play a competitive match. And basically, somebody in the RFU went, well, because it was originally on the cards, we'll just let you miss all those games that were cancelled and class them as your ten weeks, which is one of the most nakedly stupid and like ah, don't worry about it things that as rugby has done in recent years but hey ho so there you're you right it is i mean the ospreys can't really complain because there was that time when dan bigger got banned for a week and the ospreys had like a midweek a league game type thing oh yes and dan bigger was never going to play in and so he took his ban in that week and then was playing the next weekend which was naughty so let you know. he who is without ban stitching <laughs> throw the first band stitch that's what i say indeed um so there you go so not not been up so much else then now no uh power wash the drive waste of time um <laughs> I mean, it's pissing it. down now it's like where, where i am it's been blowing a fucking gale and hammering it down Honestly, for about half an hour I've got, no I've got a whole afternoon large, i should say i've got quite a large pine tree in my garden that is sort of like slightly taller than the house and i've been Eyeing it with increasing ah, trepidation. Pine trees are fine. They're meant to bend a bit. There. I was going right. to say they, they, they. But if you had a big oak tree outside <laughs> your garden, that'd be you'd be in deep shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I've, I've got the biggest other one I've got is a cherry tree and it's tiny. But fuck me, that pine tree. You say it's supposed to bend. You don't look like it's bending. Right <laughs> he'd be bending right now. He, <laughs> yes. he'd, he'd bending in a way that's making me fucking nervous. If you've got any other questions about topiary and its uh, yep. resistance to the wind, then please send it in to lee at bloodandmud.com. Speaking of which, if you want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch, lee at bloodandmud.com, or I'm at Blood and Mud. If you want any kind of really deep sort of discussions about the nature of free speech in a capitalist society, then, you or know, rendering. that's obviously what we do now. So yeah, you're very good at rendering as well. So I did know. do a bit of rendering this weekend. I, I rendered... Looks you, very good. Genuinely very impressed. Do you know the Endless uh, Kitchen... Yes. It still is without end because that rendering was still part of the kitchen job. Because I hadn't rendered around the bifold door, which I did. Um, I also have painted it now. And also, but I still have to build a back step to get inside said bifold door. See, I need, I was supposed to build a bifold, uh, some sort of animal uh, step. An animal bifold door is what I thought you said then. Honestly, (laughs) I, I was supposed to build an impromptu step for our conservatory. Um, but it's a little bit too high to just step out. I just got, I couldn't be fucking arsed, so I just put some bricks on the floor and stacked them up, and it works fine. So, well, that's what we've got. I've got breeze blocks with a concrete slab on top. That's exactly. it, but not across the whole door, just the bit where you walk in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I reckon that's probably it till next spring now. I'm having to live in the now about this. I'm warming my wife up to it, and that's what's going to be the situation. Because <laughs> I can't, you can't put decking down in September. That's madness. Oh, God, no. That's absolute, absolute madness. It's already November. Look outside. I mean, yeah, look at it here. I mean, and it's Wales, so it's basically you get yeah. more November in Wales than you do in any other part of the UK, apart from maybe the Highlands of Scotland. So, yeah. 
So that's that. Yeah, so did a bit of rendering, did a bit of DIY, all that stuff, bit of painting and all that. Because this is my weekends now. I mean, Classic I'm loving lockdown because I don't want to go out. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's I like... Know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like I so bad staying in. Why can't I go out? I'm sick of lockdown. But you don't want to go out. That's not the point. I mean, mum, she keeps kicking off because the house next door is not very well maintained. She's this lowering the value of my house. That says, yeah, but mum, you don't want to move. That's not the point. Well, I think it is. <laughs> it doesn't matter what <laughs> value your house has unless you want to move. Quite literally the point. Anyway, so yeah, you can get in touch with me, as I've just said. How do people get in touch with you? Uh, at Josh Gardner. For all of your uh, dangerous, uh, dangerously naive ideas and, you know, new mar- neo-Marxism, whatever, I don't know. Cultural Marxism. Cultural Marxism, all, all Actually, the Marxism. You know, they are saying neo-Marxism now. That's that's taken yeah, over. That's the new one. Neo-Marxism yeah. and critical race theory. Ah, oh, yeah. Plenty of them love that, don't they? I've seen a lot of traditional values over the last 48 hours. Have you? That's a, that's a fun one, yeah. I've said this before, oh. right, but I'll say it again about Twitter and the like. Why don't people understand it's like a big pub? I'm sick of saying this. <laughs> and in pubs, think about the kind of things people say in pubs. Oh, the reg. Yeah. And then the, the number of times you say things that are not very well phrased. Mm. Because you tend to type emotionally, don't you, sometimes? And people, the trouble is in pubs, it just disappears into the air, doesn't it? Or Sunday next, you go, yeah. I think that's a lot of fucking bollocks, pal. <laughs> but then it doesn't go on for three days, does it? Like it does on Twitter. So, sorry, Lee, if you if you say something's a load of bollocks, you are infringing on somebody's right oh, okay. to free speech and you're censoring them. So, uh, don't you, go into that too to... much, do we? But, I think, but the point is, I'm tra- what I'm trying to say no, is, stop pretending like it's a high-class debating society. It's not. And some oh, people just, yeah. you know, and it's got the whole of humanity in there, some of which will just tell you to fuck off because that's what they do. So, yeah. And it's it's not a, you know, it's a tannoy. It's a fucking public address system. <laughs> it's a bullhorn you know? held by yeah. a madman. <laughs> <laughs> and that madman is you. <laughs> more, more specifically, it's mostly you. But you tend to take your yeah. tannoy, it seems, and shout it over the wall of Penny Hill Park at the entire England squad. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming they still t- train there, do they still train at Penny Hill Park? But they don't. Probably. They probably found somewhere even posher to go now. <laughs> yes, indeed. Anyway, we're on Acast, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Patreon. I did notice we lost about four patrons yesterday. I think that's exactly because of the online behaviour <laughs> on such is life. Um, but yeah, so if you uh, want to join Patreon, uh, we are patreon.com slash blood and mud where you can come and pay $2 and get extra episodes. And I mean, even more of our bullshit, quite frankly. If you're in yeah. with us... If you are the tiny, tiny part of the rugby world that actually listen, wants to agree with us, then you can come <laughs> into the special little club we've got behind in, in our in our Patreon bar. And if you you can pay two dollars and get all of the stuff, and you can pay five dollars and get a lovely mention on here. Um, and also, we'll have a go at saying what kind of player you think we are. There's only three this week, so we can maybe go for this and not worry about taking up three quarters of the podcast with it. First of all, thank you very much for paying to enter the VIP area to Ben Shearer. I've got Ben Shearer as a hooker who was incredibly strong and mobile, a decent scrummager as well, but his throwing in was a bit like it was being fired out of a spinning top. <laughs> See, I got him as a rugged winger for old Jesmondians RFC, uh, a relentless poacher who hangs around on the touchline and absolutely refuses to come inside. Uh, he also insisted he invented his namesake's famous scoring celebration despite being 10 years younger than Alan. 
<laughs> I nearly went down the Alan Shearer brother type route or cousin. Uh-huh. I didn't. Next up to the VIP, so thank you, Ben. Next up in the VIP is Matthew Sumption. Go, Josh. Uh, he's the only sub six foot lock in uh, Sussex Division Four East. Uh, he makes up for his lack of height and bang average jumping ability by being a total and utter bastard. Like that. And we've all played, you know what, we've all played with a Matthew. We really have. Somebody who has no... I played rugby league with a lad who was on Featherstone's books as a junior. And, I, and he was he was a, he was was about 5'11", 5'10", and no more than 11 and a half stone. And I'm not joking, I've never seen anybody carry or hit as hard in my life. You know when you see those people and you think, it doesn't really matter how hard I train, I just don't have that <laughs> screw loose like you yeah, have. That, that. There's that. It's the it's the Lewis Moody thing, isn't it? You know, yeah, in a much smaller a, body, which makes much, it even yeah. more odd. Yeah, <laughs> I've got Matthew Sumption as outside half for Ebu Vale when it went pro in the nineties. All the talent in the world, but his career ended when, after a bit of a few two pints in the pub incident, he abandoned his car parked in the middle of a roundabout. However, the trouble was is that his car had Matthew Sumption, Evu Bale, number 10, courtesy of Arnold Clark cars, emblazoned down the side of it. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's Taylor's oldest time, that, isn't it? It is Taylor's time, and that's actually, I've borrowed that from something I know actually happened with somebody who was an actual <laughs> number 10 in a Welsh club in the 90s. If you want to find out who it is, I'm at, you might have to DM me if you, if you know enough. Um, finally, we've got into the VIP. Thank you for that, Matthew. But finally, we've got Conrad Liddy. I've got Conrad Liddy. He was the other fullback in the squad in the Cullen years. Uh-huh. He now gets drunk and corners people in pubs to tell them at length how he was never given a fair crack and how actually Cullen wasn't that good under the high ball. Uh, see, because I've got Conrad as a tenacious scrum off in the Piri Weepu mould. Uh, yes. Who, who played three games for mid-Canterbury in 2018 and is mainly remembered for his absolutely atrocious lid. <laughs> yeah, well, fit right in now. And exactly. A big, huge thank you, by the way, to Adam Fletcher and an even bigger, huger thank you to Phil Lewis, who are both up to their VIP membership to above the minimum required. Oh, my God. These people. Honestly. Legends. We don't deserve you. Heroes. No, and you definitely heroes. don't deserve us. So, <laughs> we begin as we always begin. Yep. 16 minutes and 34 seconds, everybody. Oh, um, yeah. With a player spotted. Alex Lloyd emails me. He says, today, this is where we have a mundane spotting of players out and about. He emails, he says, today my wife and I took our two-year-old twins to an RHS garden in deepest, darkest Surrey. That's a good hunting ground, isn't it? That's a rich it is, scene. yeah. That's like MacArthur Glen in Bridge End. It's a rich seam of rugby players. Whilst I mentally flagellated myself for spending six quid on a bottle of water and a carton of juice, I stumbled across Harlequin's fullback and Ben Teo nemesis, Mike Brown. He was sat alone in the middle of a children's sandpit. <laughs> he had a brooding thousand-yard stare, death stare, whether he was supervising a child or had chosen the sandpit as a place for self-reflection, I do not know and I didn't have the chance to ask, as my little lad had decided that it was time to dive head first off the ladder. So Mike I mean, Brown in a sandpit at an RHS garden in deepest, darkest Surrey. <laughs> There's so much to unpack there. Isn't there? 
I get the impression Mike Brown would be the kind of bloke who would sit in the middle of a sandpit and then like become in, and say like I'm king of the castle now. It would like yeah, be really probably. audible to kids and kick yeah. them out and wouldn't let them in because he was dominant. Smash up the sand, smash up the sandcastles. <laughs> kick the sandcastles over and sit down. So this is my sandpit now. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Have you ever? What have you ever seen a, a professional rugby player in a you know using some form of child's play equipment? Let us know. Yeah, indeed. You know, more more sightings in children's parks and or any other children related yeah. play areas. But obviously, just doing normal stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. None of that stuff. That should be reported to the police. That not should not be reported to us. That's you have a duty to uh, raise that somewhere else. Yeah, um, yeah. Miles, you know, go on. You know those, you know those like little sort of rocky things that are like on a, a effectively a giant spring. Is that called a seesaw? Or are you thinking something? Are you, no, are, are like, you thinking you know, like, something it's, else? It's like one of those like sort of. Oh yeah, it's, well, like it's a, it's a spring coming out the it's floor. It's like a little elephant. Spring coming out the floor, and it's got a little elephant. Yeah, and you on sit it. on it, and you're I just, yeah, yeah. I just imagine Jamie George on one of those, and it made me happy. I don't know why. That is wonderful. <laughs> that would make you better. That I would never stop videoing that and watching it on TikTok. <laughs> round and round, yeah. Uh, Miles Burley also gets in touch with the spot and I wanted to throw this in because it came in quite late but I loved it he says I was sitting in Nando's in the metro centre I mean already that's Hello. bog standard Miles so that's lovely he says when my wife says to me Jesus that lad's big isn't he I turn to look and I see none other than Anthony Allen's living nightmare Alessana Tualangi <laughs> with a push chair yeah. waiting for his missus to get out of Wilco's now you know you talked about Jamie George on that tiny elephant thing holding onto the ears Mm-hmm. That's exactly the image I've got of Alessandro Tualangi pushing a buggy. Imagine how tiny yeah. the buggy appears yeah, a tiny, in front like, of him. His hands basically just envelop, envelop the handles so that you can't even see he's that like holding there. the handles with his finger and thumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As he's walking it. And he can hardly meet his, get his hands to meet closely <laughs> exactly. enough. And because, cause, yeah, because he's so bloody stacked, he basically has to sort of like hunch. And push it the whole yeah. oh, It's a glorious image. It has that whole vibe of, you know, those like measuring sticks. With a mm. wheel on the front, that you walk up and yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have them in school. I was found them very strangely. They were quite exciting when they came out in school. I don't know why. Because you could see how long something was. You literally could see. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, you could yeah. Just, and just by walking. Yeah, I mean, these you are the kind of inventions that go under the radar, don't they? Splitting the Absolutely. atom and all that's often talked about, but this kind of thing is what, what makes wins a real wars, impact, probably. You know, in the lives of everyday people. So, thank you for both of those spotted, you two. If you've seen a rugby player sat in a sandpit or any other play area in an innocent way, and you've or you've seen a rugby player pushing something incredibly tiny compared to their frame, we want to hear more about it. And you can do that by, my DMs are open, or you can do leeatbloodandmud.com, and we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much. Now, correspondence, Josh. People are loving the correspondence as we brought this in. Oh, are they? Oh, excellent. Well, I don't know. They're sending correspondence in. I'm, a ter- I'm interpreting that as... Uh, <laughs> they bloody love it. Yeah. Would that be called a straw man on Twitter? Because I'm leaping to conclusions that they've yeah, not said, you've, isn't Yeah, you've created something that, you know, in your head that yeah. may, may not exist. So they may not and, love uh, it. They might think it's shit, but... But they're still sending in stuff for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, our friend in the US of A, Massachusetts, Di Park gets Hello. in touch. Di Perk even gets in touch. He says, did you notice on the game last weekend that Zebra were being completely driven to distraction by gnats or midges or whatever those bugs were, while Benetton didn't even seem to notice? He said, look at the early scrums. It's absolutely remarkable. I have to say I didn't notice, Di. I didn't notice that, no, but I mean... Sweaty I head and lots of midges. 
Again, it's not good, we've is all it? been there. Sevens tournaments, uh-huh. that tends to happen in the summer when uh-huh. you basically want to die anyway because you're playing sevens. <laughs> and you're also being eaten. Yeah. This is what comes of playing rugby at this time. No good can come of it. That's, that's very true, actually, especially in Northern Italy, you know. Evan Quick gets in touch on the Twitter. I remember a couple of weeks ago when I mentioned the fact that there was a drink in North Wales called Chinese, a pint of Chinese. Yes. And it and it was it's bitter and lager. Well, I, I was well, I was horrified then, and I remain horrified now. <laughs> but I'm sure it is. I'm sure there's the, there probably is some horrendous explanation about it. But as far as I can see, it was just called that. But anyway, pint of Chinese. So Evan Quick says, based on the cocktail and the pint a pint of Chinese chat on the pod during uni, I used to work in a pub in Pontypridd, and there used to be a bloke who would come in and only order two pints of lager shandy every Saturday night. However, the shandy was Heineken and Coca-Cola. <laughs> no. What? No. No. Now, have you drank the alcoholic version of the drink they call Dr. Pepper? I can't say I have, no. That is lager and Coke and amaretto in a pint glass. And it, funnily enough, it tastes like Dr. Pepper. I mean, I can. So I was it. horrified by this when I first heard it, but I thought, hang on a minute, though. If you add amaretto to that, it's a Dr. Pepper. But maybe that's what makes it okay, because Heineken and Coke sounds fucking disastrously bad. I can't imagine anything like. I just can't imagine those flavors going together. I'd like, love to. I'd love to go into a craft beer bar and order one of them like stupidly expensive craft beers and say, "Can you chuck half a coke in it?" And watch the revulsion at which I'd be received. And rightly so. The music I mean, would stop playing on. on their deliberately retro turntable that they've got set up in the corner and everything. It would be so disgusting to them. <laughs> oh. Anyway, Heineken and Coke. I'd love- I love a Coke, but not with a Heineken. Thank, thank you no. very much. Heineken and Coke. So, if anyone's got a more bizarre cocktail. Although, of course, I've just mentioned Dr. Pepper, which people might think is bizarre. My friend introduced me to those many years ago. I've said it before, you know, what does, what's what's so wrong with snake bite? That's the only cocktail any of us need, sure. I went through a strong snake bite period in uni in the 90s. I just think nobody goes through a snake bite period without going to uni in the, at some point. Or indie clubs. That's actually very true, yeah. But uh, it's 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 just from a, a university point of view, it's a it's a fire for effect kind of situation. You know, you want to get the most damage done as possible <laughs> for the least money, and snake bites a brilliant way to do that. There used to be a cider they sold in the northeast when I was at uni called Laser Laser Cider, which was like you know, like the diamond white, but not because yeah. apple content zero, entirely synthetic <laughs> apple flavour. <laughs> We used, to, we used to say, you know, especially towards the end of uni when the overdraft had run out and all that kind of stuff, and it was like, we're going to have to get lasered before we go out, aren't we? And that's what <laughs> that's what the kids do now. It's the tale as old as time. Yeah. It's... Finally on the correspondence, Matt H gets oh, in yeah. touch. He says, I'm not sure if it's shit or good, but it is funny. The Super League have signed a branding Super League Rugby League signed a branding deal with this Papa John's for no money, this. apparently, but they all get free pizza. As much free pizza as they want. Quote, 
Matt says, this is a genuine quote from the Super League's chief commercial officer. As we have seen <laughs> since the restart, Betfred Super League games are getting faster and harder. And I know the players are grateful when they see so many pizzas to choose from after a tough 80 minutes. Honestly. I love the image this... of like, they don't pass Gatorade bottles out. They're going to pass out no. like massive triangular slices of pizza and drinks breaks <laughs> and things. They're going to have water bottles full of that horrible fucking garlic sauce. That they <laughs> shit, there's nowhere near as good as the Domino ones. That they serve with Why is it only Domino's can get that right? I don't know, but the fucking, the, whatever the hell that garlicky, buttery thing is that they serve with Papa John's is fucking rancid. See, Papa John's is a weird one to me because in my head and in my experience, it only exists at motorway service stations. <laughs> I've never been to a place that has Papa John's shops. I was like, What's, what good is this sponsorship? Because if you stop at the services with the Papa John's, it's the only pizza you can get anyway. It's a kind of corner market. So, And they give oh, you that little thing that flashes when your pizza's ready. They do that in a... Motorway services. Oh, that yeah. We've actually got. They've recently opened a Papa John's near us, and uh, it's all right. It's good. It's slightly. It tastes slightly fresher than Domino's, if I'm honest. Yeah. But but also the guy that owns it is a horrendous, you know, right wing lunatic. So maybe Who, John, I think he has been... Papa, the Papa, yeah, is yeah. he? The Papa is an awful. Is man he more right wing has... and traditionalist than the bloke who owned Domino's? Uh, don't know. He's, he, I say he's on a par with that bloke who owns Weatherspoons. The bloke who owned Domino's sold Domino's some years ago for a megajillion, gabillion pounds. I was say for fuck tons. Yeah, he's from Ann Arbor in Michigan. The guy. See, other podcasters don't know this stuff. No, they don't know this. It's stuff. because the it's listeners true. aren't interested. But that that doesn't that doesn't hold us back. So anyway. Um, he at, he retired with his gajillion gajillions of pounds and uses that money exclusively to fund anti-abortion lobbies. Oh, lovely! Oh, you seem which you got to love, haven't you? Like a bit of that. Dude. Yeah, John Shatner is. Uh, uh, he stepped. No relation, I'm guessing. It. No, um, I really hope not. <laughs> it's spelled differently, actually. Yeah, um, he he was very. He's very much a uh, big Trump donator. Fella, hasn't uh, he got a face like he, a melted candle? Because he he fronts his own uh, adverts, doesn't he? Face, he has got a face like a melted candle. He did front his own adverts for quite a long time, um, and he's just done a lot of things that are probably not brilliant, including racial slurs and paying off women for things, and uh, you know, just classic CEO behaviour, basically. But don't put yourself in the adverts if you're going to behave like that. And this is this is what I find uh, confusing about the sponsor argument. People getting flirted off by sponsors is classic CEO behaviour. Yeah. The hilarious thing is, is this arch capitalism that causes this to happen. I reflect (laughs) when I I think about this. (laughs) Yeah, ultimately, it's all capitalism's fault. As usual. As usual. What we need is a bit... As you know, we're the only communist uh, podcast... (laughs) I'm not a communist, have we, but that's what people have we say. Moved, have we moved beyond pro-North Daily Mirror-style views to full communism now? Neo-Marxism. So, Neo-Marxism, of course. Sorry, Neo-Marxism. Genuinely scary na- ideas that are at best naive. <laughs> so, yeah, so there you go. Anyway, so, pizzas yeah. and Super League. I always wonder how these... I love the fact that they're just not getting any money for it. <laughs> that's the thing that I can't... I mean, like, it's I absolutely peak British rugby league, isn't it? It is. Will you pay like... us? No... I'll give no. you free. I'll give you free pizzas. Oh, oh go on then. 
It's effectively the sporting sponsorship equivalent of being asked to do some freelance work for exposure. <laughs> exactly what it is. Stuff it's we exactly. would turn down. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> no, oh, man, I'm not doing that, it, thanks. We'll give you, give you all these pizzas. We'll give you what? You know, how many pizzas can they be giving each club every week? And how Ten? does one order them? Are they just be given frozen? I mean, to be honest, if they're giving them the frozen pizza, there's no way players are happy after the games. Go, what the oh. fuck? What the fuck and is this? And if they're coming from and if they're like a fucking cardboard the, the disc nearest... with some fucking terrible plastic cheese on top. And if they're being shipped from the nearest Papa John's restaurant, then you know, fair enough. But still, but, but you know, when do you have to put the order best. in? Is that at half time? Yeah. At best, we're talking what? Listen, lads, there's a week. You need to be moving up quicker on the tackle press. And before you go back out to the pitch, could you just tick off on the list on the by the door which pizza you want and what size? Remember when it, remember when it, remember oh, when it finishes? The you big can't have half and half. You can't have half. How the big prop forward. It'll cause murder, won't it? Paul's got my fucking deep pan. I didn't order this. This is fucking thin. I don't like thin and crispy. Paul, give it here. Fuck off. Fucking hell. It's terrible for Team Harmony more than anything. How many teams are in Super League? Eleven. Yeah, you've Something got like 12, 11 or 12. 11 or 12, yeah. yeah. So, you know, and how many teams, you know, in a match day squad, how many are you going to get, you know? And let's be honest, they're all virtually in the same town. So it's a lot for, it's a lot for a, not many branches to have to wear, yeah. It shows how, shows how badly Papa John's are doing in the York <laughs> North that they've got that sort of on, on a Friday and a Saturday night, you know. But, you know, how many t- players are, you know, players and staff, there's probably like, what, 30, 35 people in a changing room after every match. Do they get it for stewards as well? I mean, anyway, but yeah, I mean, well, you see, could... but think about it. Like that's the, so even if they have a whole pizza each, which I think is probably unlikely, you know, that's still for the cost of maybe like two hundred pizzas a week. Papa John's is getting to be the official pizza sponsor of Super League. <laughs> <laughs> that hey, seems unbelievable. Imagine if cheap. if London Welsh had this deal when Weepoo was there. Oh. Papa John's would have been bankrupted. There would have been a massive <laughs> hole much, in their quarterly figures. How much, a, how much does a large pizza of Papa John's cost? I've got to like. So you get two large pizzas for 25 quid, right? Delivered or pick up? Oh, delivered. <laughs> so, you know, that's probably cheaper if they, they come and collect them. But yeah, I presume it as they sponsor the whole league, they'll probably deliver them. But. Imagine, you know, let's go down to Paul for the for the touchline interview. Paul, are you with John, the coach of Halifax? No, he's had to go to the pizza shop to pick up the pizzas, I'm afraid. <laughs> so anyway, I've managed to colour the water, boy. <laughs> they forgot the chicken tenders and John said he'd go to the shops to pick. <laughs> There's been some big trouble because somebody's forgot James Graham's dip and he's not happy about it. <laughs> He plays in Australia, I think. I can't remember now. I, know, I think he might be back. I've lost track. He's a fucking brilliant rugby player, that much I do know. Who cares? It's rugby league. Nobody, nobody who's listening to this will really know. I, it wounds me that I don't know, because this is how much I've lost touch with British rugby league, which is terrible. Honestly. Anyway, sorry. Well, yeah, so thank yeah, you, Matt. So it comes back to the, for the cost of, you know, I, I'd imagine Upper John's restaurant probably does about, what, 100 pizzas a night, maybe more? I you don't know. know. Saturday night. I don't know. But for the yeah. cost for the cost of for basically the cost of one busy Papa John's. <laughs> they sponsor an entire sports league. I mean it's seriously rugby league, you know, value yourself a bit more. Rate yourself. I know, have a bit of self respect, lads. Yeah, it's not good for your well being to have this little self worth. 
when I played American football in university, that was the deal we had with the local <laughs> Domino's. That we'd get free pizza after the game in exchange for them sponsoring us. Amazing. That was literally what happened. And it was a fucking university American football And team. the actual cost of making a pizza, don't forget, is about 10p. It's fuck. Bug. Yeah. <laughs> They're literally probably for hundreds of pounds every you know, of actual cost to them every week. I always wonder how They're different... Getting... How sponsors decide how they're going to align because KFC are massive in sponsorship in Australia, aren't they? They do the big bash in the cricket, they do the oh, rugby God. league. And KFC's pretty big over here, but obviously doesn't go anywhere near sport. Is it because it's fast food? It's interesting, isn't it? Is it a, there's a fast food aspect to it, I think. But then, I mean, it's not stopping fucking Papa John's, is it? But then at the same time, I think it's a cultural thing. I think the KFC is much more sort of. Because they, KFC Australia seems to bang on about chips and gravy all the time. I know Australians are forever saying how shit British KFC is when they have to come and live over here, that it's terrible compared <laughs> to the Australian, which I always find really bizarre. I can believe it. I mean, I can believe it, sure. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I've noticed that as well, how absolutely prevalent KFC is across all of Antipodean sport. Because it's the same in New Zealand as well. KFC bloody everywhere. And not a Burger King to be seen. We need to move on. We probably do, don't we? Some rugby at all. But once again, but... it just draws the line between the type of sponsors rugby union gets and the type of sponsors rugby league gets, doesn't it? It absolutely does. There's good birthday surprises, like when your friends throw you a party. <laughs> and bad ones, like realising you're so old, you can't blow out all your candles in one go. At Phonewatch, we're celebrating 30 years of protecting Irish homes. And we've got a birthday surprise for you. For a very limited time, get a Phonewatch alarm installed for only €30. Euro. Yes, just €30. Euro. Offer ends November 30th, so order right away at phonewatch.ie. Monitoring fees apply. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Uh, okay, news, 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 everybody. It is time for the news. Yeah. First of all, um, this kind of slipped under my radar, but Alessandro Zani has retired. Yeah, good player. 119 caps, man. Limited player. Yeah, like for a man who has 119 caps, a very, you know, unremarkable player, but a player that kind of always understood how to maximise what he had. You know, he started off playing flanker, then he moved to he started off at number eight rather than he moved to flanker, open side flanker. Then he played lock when he his legs went, and was pretty know. decent in all of them. I was I'm assuming decent, he must have wanted yeah. to stay in Italy because he didn't. Did he move outside Italy? I can't remember because he was he was better than just no no disparity to um, 
Italy, but he was he was better than some of the. You know, he could he could have got other contracts. Be- is what I'm saying. Better. He was better than 130 appearances for Treviso, during which they were mainly shit. Yeah, he basically played for Udine, Calvasano, and Treviso. I mean, he may have wanted to stay in Italy for all kinds of reasons, but um, mm. but yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if people weren't interested, cause especially in that incredible um, that that three year purple patch that Italy had in the early 2010s. Yeah, when he was really really good. He's part of that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm distracted because while we're recording this, ladies and gentlemen, Wasps are playing sale at the Traitor Dome. It's weird, isn't it? And it's three all after half an hour. We're not missing much. It's pissing down, obviously. We considered, instead of doing a podcast, doing a sort of weird kind of live watch-along. But I'm really glad we didn't. It's three all after 20 fucking minutes. So, Alessandro Zani... You'd have definitely... Yeah. You'd have definitely reverted to just doing a dimes voice for the entire... Pretending what he was saying all the way through. Yeah, 100%. Um, so anyway, Zani, he's quoted as saying, I've always worked to return the trust shown in me by the coaches who gave me the privilege of wearing the national team shirt. At 36, it's time to look beyond that, he says. He's becoming a coach at Treviso. He may or may not have added, and there's no fucking way I'm being overshadowed by fucking Sergio again by retiring in the same game that he retires in because I've had fucking <laughs> quite enough of that. Thank you very much. He may or may not have added that off the record. May not have, may have not, yeah. Dean Bud's also retired. Speaking of Italian locks, yeah, it's been a, it's been a big day for sort of Italian locks. They've not, lost a bit of heft there, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, haven't they? <laughs> we'll see how it goes. You got any news there? Uh, the only other big news is, uh, of course, that the Pro 14 uh, next season will be coming the Pro 12 again, um, at least for a year, because. Uh, Earlier this morning, the Kings announced that they will be withdrawing from all rugby uh, for the remainder of 2020, uh, citing COVID and also their entirely legitimate-sounding new benefactors, Kel surprisingly not coming up with the money that they promised. I, for one, am shocked that a team... What were they called? The fucking Super great fucking rugby. The greatest rugby like company that. in the entire wide world, or something. That's the fucking one. And why? And why is anybody shocked that a company with that name has somehow turned out to be not entirely on the fucking level? <laughs> I mean, I've written it accidentally. Written Southern Kinks here, and I think they missed a trick there. I mean, they might they get, might not be they, down the swan if they call they themselves the Southern Kinks. They'd get a lot more people at the stadium if that was what was going oh, on. Or they could be a, it could be the name of a you know a South African Kinks tribute band. It could, but they could, yeah. But they've got no money and no future. I mean, I for one am amazed this hasn't worked out. Moving between <laughs> leagues the way they have with a with a dodgy named company yeah. overseeing them all. I mean, ultimately, ultimately, the Kings were always kind of, you know, they got pushed in and out of Super Rugby a couple of times. They were the they were basically just there to make up the numbers. They were like the weird uncle that kept turning up at weddings and nobody wanted to speak to, aren't they? But you couldn't well, not invite them. No, and because, you know, Eastern Province is an important part of South African rugby kind of heartland, there was always a sort of There's a whole wider to... discussion about how things are not going well in the Eastern Province and how untapped it is. But uh, mm. that's a, that's one I don't know enough about, apart from a few articles that I've read, but it's an interesting thing to, to, to think about. Because they were originally the Spears, weren't they? They were the Southern Spears, and then they weren't, and then they got eventually got into Super Rugby, and then they got kicked out of it again, 
and then they got into the Pro 40. They got kicked. You know, mm. it's honestly to be a fucking Kings fan must just be a fucking miserable state of affairs. And you know, hats. You know, thoughts with all of the fucking players. That yeah, indeed. I mean, we're we're, we're stuff, joking about yeah. how it's inevitable, but you know, people have got livelihoods and livings and fans who like going to watch them and all that. There, it's sad, really, when anything like this ever happens. Yeah, it is. Uh, what else have we got then? Um, so yeah, but as a result, yeah, and as a result of that, um, the SARU has decided that um, the cheaters also won't be playing in Super in uh, Pro 14 next season because uh, of COVID. So we will have a South Africanless year. But then, of course, in twenty twenty believe, but the year after, then about eight South African teams might turn up. Well, yeah, or maybe none of them will. <laughs> and I think that's perhaps. I think that's perhaps why this is because I I know that the SARU has paid the Pro 14 quite handsomely to accommodate the cheaters and the kings, which is the only reason that they're there. Um, but I don't think that CVC have given the Pro 14 a load of money to have a load of South African teams that they can't fit into the British and Irish league that they obviously want. Yeah. So I. Wonder if if they'll ever come back, but we'll see. I mean, it's 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 interesting. It it means that the, there will be less meaningless Pro Fourteen or Pro Twelve, I should say. <laughs> get used to saying again. Um, there'll be less meaningless Pro Twelve games next season during international windows because there'll be you know two less teams. But who knows? We don't know what the structure is going to be. We don't know anything. We know. I don't think the team is going to miss going on tour down to South Africa, are they? None of them really wanted to do that, no. especially Cardiff that time when they had to basically do the Paris-Dakar rally to get there. Do you remember when they had <laughs> the travel problems? <laughs> and then basically having to, yeah, get on a Jeep and drive. So, Although, when the Ospreys went there in the season before last, going and doing that little mini tour of South Africa basically turned around their season and was the only reason they qualified for the Huntington Cup. So it, can, it could swing both Swings ways. Swings and roundabouts, yeah. lions and tigers, you know. Indeed. Uh, what else we got here? Snyman yeah. is broken. Like the first Snyman. <laughs> I've never heard you Sorry. sing before. That's beautiful. No, Absolutely I mean, beautiful. You know, I'm, I'm under, underrated as a singer, I've always said. Uh... <laughs> I like the way you yeah. keep your light under a bushel there, Josh. Maybe do more singing on Twitter. Maybe people will like you more. <laughs> Maybe sing <laughs> you, you, your questionable views that represent Britain in 2020. On Twitter, as a little maybe, TikTok maybe videos. Yeah, I'm going to pivot to TikTok. If I'm going to do that definitely. Yeah, you got to feel for Slimeman, haven't you? What, I mean, the hype man. Left. What a hype killer! Bless him. Yeah, you know, fucking 25 year old Springbok World Cup winner. And just Rocks absolute box office every pitch. time he walked on a pitch. Yeah. An absolutely brilliant fucking player. You know, going to be the fucking, you know, Paul O'Connell with a slightly different accent as far as all Munster fans are concerned. And seven fucking minutes, man. <laughs> oh, like I'm laughing at it because I don't know what else to say because it is pretty shit, it's isn't it? Horrible, it's seven isn't months, it? they reckon. Seven, ACL's seven gone minutes, on it. He gets dropped. Yeah, he's, he's basically, he's here for two years and one of those years is now fucking done. At best, and it's horrible, man. You really, really feel for him. And I bet 
Peter Romani feels a bit shit about dropping him as well. <laughs> yeah, but... but yeah, <laughs> no blame. It happens. No, there is no blame in this. But it's just it's it's absolutely the worst thing that could possibly have happened. But what, what do you a... do? Rugby it's fucking killer sometimes, isn't it? Looking at the uh, teams for the later game today, it was Exeter versus I can't remember now. Bristol. Bristol. Thank you. What was news to me and maybe nobody else, and when did this happen? Sam Hidalgo Klein is playing for Exeter. Yes, he is. He gets yes, about he that lad, doesn't he? I'd love to know he's what kind of contract he's. I wonder if he's got a Papa John's level contract, such as his desperation. Because <laughs> where was he last? Was he at the Scarlets? Last Scarlets, season? wasn't he? Oh, no, and everyone was like, "Solid signing, this solid signing, good player." Then yeah, he, went he went to, to Quinns on loan. He went Edinburgh Scarlets. He went to Quinns on loan because he couldn't get a game at the Scarlets. Then he went to race, uh, Racing 92. What? Then he went... Yeah, he was at Racing for a little bit, played six times. Then he, he transferred to Lyon on a short-term contract, never played for them because the season got ended, and then he signed for the Chiefs. I do love the way that he's built this kind of... Because he's got the right name for it. He's built this kind of consultancy career. He's like the he's Price played. Waterhouse Coopers, five hundred and seven hundred quid a day, man. <laughs> but rugby for version. a twenty-seven-year-old, for a twenty-seven-year-old international, right? Since twenty eighteen, he has played for five. Well, he has been contracted by five different clubs. See, but he's pretty like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Who, who I wonder if it's that? a bit That's like Gavin Henson levels of wandering. When I once told somebody I played county badminton, and he went, "Oh, really? Which county?" And I said, East Cluid. And he went, oh. Because like East Cluid is like the fucking non-league of, of badminton. And um, <laughs> I imagine, do you think he's about, I have played international rugby. How many caps you got? Well, most of them are off the bench. For who? Scotland. Oh, short-term contracts, all we can offer you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's, Scottish it's listeners. Yeah, Sorry. We're only teasing. But yeah, I mean, fair play to him. He's actually playing a game for... Well, the, for Exeter, yeah. which is more than he managed the for the putative Leon, champions so. of England. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, he must have been cheap. Where next? The Racing uh, Metro. He's like an international man of mystery. He's like a spy. I love it, man. That's what I'm saying. It's like remember, remember Gavin Henson's wandering years where he played for Saracens and Toulon, and you know, and back Cipriani. And... He did a bit of that, didn't he? Yeah, a bit of wandering you know, about. Yeah. It's you've just got to wonder where's the, you know, where's the end for Sam? You know, I I think. He's got to have a stint in Japan, surely. A man of that, a man of that wandering heart doesn't, you know, wants to test himself in the top top league. Surely, got half a Spanish name, so he should be in South America at some point. I do, but I think he has got. He's, I mean, obviously, with a name like Klein, he's definitely got some Italian, uh, some Spanish in him somewhere. So yeah, why not? Why not try 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 and bring rugby to the Spanish masses in a greater way than it is at the moment. Why not? Give it a go. Any more news? Uh, no. I mean, the main news is, is that all of the games that are going on while we're playing. Oh, yeah. Let's have a catch-up on that. While we're... Oh, it's half-time. Yeah. Uh, still 3-3? It's half-time. I've turned it on. There's some advert on with a bloke with a toy train set. <laughs> Indeed. See when everyone's asked was asking us to do nine, six like, to live watch. match commentaries. Nine six to sale, sorry. Nine six to sale. The McGinty Gopeth duel continues. 
The McGinty Gothith jewel of mediocrity in the rain is a uh, <laughs> is ongoing. I mean, unreal. I'm looking. I'm looking at the stats, and it's. I mean, it's pretty even, guys. Fifty-four builds to fifty-two, seven turnovers to six. And it's 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 something that wouldn't have happened a few years ago. Uh, Wasps seem to have more offloads than uh, sales seem to have more offloads than wasps, which absolutely would not have happened under Die Young. I'm sorry. No, absolutely not. That blackie wants to sort uh, himself out. Have... He absolutely does. But uh, I bet he's not wearing number mistake. ones either. He's probably not, isn't he? Or, or a, a vest that barely contains his arms. <laughs> As we you found know, a picture my of the two, day. My two, my two acceptable die outfits. Yeah. Nothing in between. You're either in a singlet that your that your arms are busting the holes <laughs> of, or you're, or you're in full dress ones. Remember, it's all black ones for was black shirt and everything. Oh, with a black the and yellow tie. Provincial the provincial bouncer look. Yes, indeed. Anyway, shall we move on to the yes. weekend? So I think I, yes. Let's talk about stuff from uh, the weekend that we haven't covered already. So, uh, semi Madrid has arrived then. Randrandra, sorry, has arrived. He certainly bloody has. He was very good. Like, very, very good. I mean, poor, poor Danny Cipriani and Louis Rees Zabbitt. When he sort of went, I walked every... up and went, I know which channel I'm going to run down today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and Billy Torstreet gave a, a relative sort of account to himself for most of that game and did play quite well. But for that break, oh, where what, he looked, he looked about seven thousand years old. Uh, it's the fact that he flails around with his hair glistening like a beacon, so you can spot just quite yeah. how much he's flailing, can't you? He just sort of get he, he gets a gets an arm to him, and Rod Rod just goes no, no, <laughs> and just accelerates away. And there's nothing worse than seeing a player sort of flailing and grasping for air while somebody's scoring a try 60 metres down the field. I'm pretty sure he's still flailing now, if I'm honest. Funny old game, though, wasn't it? Well, I did that... Bristol went 19-0 up, and I said, I'm fucking putting the Pro 14 on. Did that till half-time. Flipped back seven minutes later, and it was 23-14 or something. I can't remember something. I was was like, fucking hell. It 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 demonstrated why Bristol aren't going to win this year. And needs to probably, they could do with a non-mental fly-off as a sort of, and a non-mental scrum-off as well, to kind of temper things a little bit. Because Bristol were home and hosed. You know, they were 24, you know, 7 up at half-time. And shortly after, you know, they were, at one point, they were, you know, basically 20 points to the good. And yet, at no point did they ever... Close the game down. Sheedy just stands go, you know really... what? We've won this. Sheedy stands really deep and really far away yes. at first receiver yes. and doesn't really move forward. Not much anyway. It's no, really odd. I would so expect much, a lamb yeah, team to so take the ball to the line a bit more. No, but instead, so much of their sort of stuff seems to come from behind the line, which is, and, and sort of relies on, you know, Big Shelly Piatow or whoever's playing 12 for them to kind of be the the point of impact, which I suppose makes sense. You know, if you're, if you're 
attacking scheme involves kind of boshing up someone. You don't want to be boshing up your fucking five foot eleven ten because. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think he needs to bosh it up. It's just I don't know. They always seem to be struck. Weird, I know it sounds yeah. daft because they went up so much in that. But in the two games I've watched since he's come back, I don't know. It's early, but they always seem to be struggling to get enough momentum up in the carries. And it, and I can't help thinking it's because he stood so far back. And and also it takes a very long time <laughs> yeah, for the ball to get to him. So by the time he gets the ball, the way defenses move now, he's he's you know he's having to make a quick decision almost. With everybody, with nobody up to up to ramming speed, if you like. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and it, it, and, it, and then that sort of puts too much of an onus on Nathan Hughes, effectively. Yeah, yeah. To be, you know, he is the one, and I, you know, obviously that's why they've got Sinclair in as well. Although Sinclair spent more fucking time at scrum half than he did boshing it that's up. Still a weird thing. Right. And that's why I think <laughs> Rodrandez had quite a lot of um, Rodrandez had quite a, as, as as well as he played. Rodrandez had quite a lot of handling errors and stuff because he ends up it ends up he ends up overrunning it a bit because yeah, Sheedy's up. Sheedy's so deep. It's, it's really not, strange. Yeah, it's not coming to it as quickly as it's supposed to. No, it's a very odd. They're a very odd, excellent team. I think in the. They play some absolutely fucking spectacular rugby, but I was, at no point was I entirely convinced they were going to win. Wish they did. Though. In that Cost until until, yeah. until the end, but like right up until the end, it was just like they could totally fuck this up here, and they they just give that. You know when Saracens get ten, you know a fourteen point lead on you, or X to get a fourteen point lead on yeah. you, it's that's over it. and done. Yeah, that's it. the end of it. Yeah. Which when most teams get a fourteen point lead on you, it's fucking over. But with Bristol, there is a very Gloucestery vibe, where no lead is entirely safe <laughs> because there's just there's just a potential for things to go spectacularly wrong at any moment. And I mean, obviously, you listeners probably listening to this will know because you, we're we're talking to you from the past. But um, I do one. The how that that's going to the shake out against Exeter this evening because Exeter are a sort of team that don't give you a lot of opportunities and will make you look very silly if you're not if you give them chances and hmm, we shall see. What else you got from the weekend? Uh, Thirteen minutes. It was really good to be an Ospreys fan again. <laughs> uh and look, look competence forever is what I say. That's the banner now. Yeah, yeah. With Thirteen minutes, we looked like a proper team again. And to be honest with you, the way we stuck it out and very nearly won, despite the of the match, a man down, did show you know more sort of grit and tenacity, composure, and general kind of competency than we have in the last twelve months. Uh, even if the Dragons' profligacy did give a lot of let offs to the Ospreys along the way. You know they they stuck to their task and they they drilled and they looked competent and to be honest with you after twelve months of Luke Price it was really nice to see a team with a, a scrum half again, uh, with an outside half again because yeah. I mean even that, if that outside half is seven hundred year old Stephen Myler is still he will do exactly what you need him to do though <laughs> exactly. and that's not I'm not even taking he the piss exactly, that he will do exactly what he needs yeah. to do yeah he yeah he did exactly what he need we needed him to do. And um, all that, you know, he didn't. We weren't asking him to be Gareth Hanscom. We weren't asking him to be Reece Priestland. We weren't asking him to be Danny Cipriani. We were just asking him to 
kick sensibly, to shovel the ball on, and to kick his goals. And aside from that one penalty that he missed, like he did a very, very fucking good job of that. You've mentioned Reese Priestland. Hmm. Is Reese Priestland dying his eyebrows? <laughs> I've got a horrible has, feeling has, that the answer the, is yes. Has the bleach just run down his face? It's a good bleach job, eyes. to be fair. You see some horrendous bleach jobs, but it is proper platinum. He's done a really good... Whoever's done it has done a reasonable job on it. But I'm telling you, his eyebrows you know weren't what, that colour. I'm looking at photos of him from the past, and I tell you what, he has always had... Very, very, very fair eyebrows. Is it because the colour of the hair is is drawing that out now, do you think? Like when you wear a T-shirt the same colour as your eyes, that type of thing. Yeah, I'm looking at his squad photo from the start of this season and, you know, Reese Priestland's eyebrows, with the exception of a tiny little bit either of his nose, are effectively, you know, blonde, blonde, platinum blonde. Well, it turns so, out maybe he's not dying his eyebrows then. Okay, that not makes me feel a bit better. I mean, I'll, I'll give I him the I don't know why, but it does. Deck. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's something... Dying your hair is just something that, I mean, all rugby players seem to have flirted with during the lockdown for reasons that I'm not entirely... I don't really get. But dying your eyebrows feels like another level. Yes. I'm not sure it's a good one. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. What else on the weekend then? On top of the Ospreys' um, competency, I think it's it's very hard to draw conclusions from this little run of games that we've had over the end because of the whole fucking player welfare smasher three thousand series of midweek games that we've got coming up. Meaning that like t- some teams are prioritising some games over others in terms of rotating their squads. So like. Speaking of Reese Priestland, it's hard to tell if Bath are really getting going, or if it's just the fact that they were playing their first team against less, basically Leicester's academy kids. And you know, equally, Br- Bristol rested a few players on Friday uh, against Gloucester and resting some more against Exeter, who are sending up a massively changed side to uh, to Ashton Gate tonight. So, I mean, the basically the rest of the season, I don't know if we'll really know who's actually any good or not until it actually gets to the playoffs because it seems unlikely that we're going to see a full-strength team week in, week out. It's it's just, yeah, it's weird. I don't like it for a lot of reasons. Seven games left now. Yeah. It'll all be done and dusted by, what, September the The 14th, is it? Premiership Rugby Cup finals the 21st, isn't it? Of September. Right. Yeah, Actually, I think the 14th the... is the last... The 14th is the last regular season game, I think, because Gloucester are playing on a Monday night for reasons that I don't understand. Um, and basically, from now until then, it's a, two games a week for everyone, which... I don't know, it's just... You'd be glad to not, good, not make it? the playoffs, won't you? After all, after all that, I think in this would. madness of a season, you want, you want some semblance of a break. I mean, I know the players have had a long break, but fuck me, two games a week for basically three weeks—that's a—that's a big old test of everyone's squad. That. Anything else on the weekend? For we cover more weekend and shit. Good. Um, the Scarlets haven't missed a beat. No, to be honest. 
I mean, to be honest with you, like that is that's the way it should be when you have the biggest budget of any team in Wales and the ability to have you know, your Wales and Lions full back absent because of a pay dispute and still start a full international back three. But you, you've got to give it to them. Like, they look more like the 2016 Pivac team in terms of, like, their endeavour, their offloading game, you know. They've, they've not always had that uh, in the years since, even under Brad Moore. And, and, yeah, it's clear that, you know, the signings that they've made are good and are going to be quite impactful. Signings. Cardiff Blues have missed a few beats, though, haven't they? As per. They just desperately miss. They just miss Big Nick, man. Like they've made a lot of signings of their own, but they were so moribund and they made life so easy for that Scarlets because they just had no, like they had nobody to carry the ball over the game line. Nobody else in that Blues team seemed to be able to fucking want to do a big carry, and it's a big issue. Like Sam Moore, who wasn't involved on the weekend. He's going to have to come in and start living up to his sort of quite big reputation that he came in when they signed him from sale. And equally, like Reese Carey, now that he's back with the Blues, needs to start showing the sort of carrying ability that we've seen he can do at test level. And for Saracens, he needs to start doing that for the Blues ASAP. Some good games got this weekend, though. I thought Glasgow Edinburgh was a good game. Yeah, it was a really good game. Like, Leinster Monster was a good the, game, despite any... you know the, the battlefield of injuries that it became for Munster, but... Yeah, there weren't any bad games, really, I don't think. Like, even Osprey's Dragons, which wasn't a high-quality game because of the nature of the sort of rearguard action that the Ospreys were playing from fucking 13 minutes in, it kind of... It, I don't know. It it was still quite compelling. Maybe it's watching the Ospreys play for the first time for four or five months, but it wasn't a shit game. It was quite a compelling game, even if the quality wasn't very good. And, yeah, it's just not, that's not always case in the Pro 14 and you kind of look at it and go oh yeah the Pro 14 is a really good league when all the internationals are there yeah indeed um, <laughs> you know, like, shall we move on to shit that, Scott, yeah let's do that I'm, we're, we're belting through a little bit this week because uh, Josh is still having a bit of his uh, Covid after effects I'm a bit and, yeah. and so we can't so, I mean it sounds ridiculous because we're, we're up to an hour already but we're not being quite so leisurely, apart from the 10 minutes we spent on pizzas, obviously. But uh, Look, we've got to focus on the important, positive, exactly. you know, exactly. things that are really important to, to the rugby fans of the world. They need to know about these things. Shit good, so, then. Uh, yeah, shit good, then. Shit good. Oscar Turner gets in touch on Twitter. He says, um, no, I think he emailed this, actually. He said, shit, is Wasps charging 35 quid for a cardboard cutout to be put at the game? He said, but what was really good about it was that someone paid 35 quid and put one of Elliot Daly in the crowd. Oh, lovely. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so Harrison Ford just says that shit is Cardiff Blues, as did our friend Anna. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were, they looked very half-baked and they've got such a good back line now. They, it's not good, is it? But yeah, um, Shit for me, haircuts, obviously. Um, Hannah Blunt Johnny agrees Murphy. with you. She said, shit is the array of mullets my poor eyes have to endure this weekend. Our players are aware the barbers are open again. You know, the, the ironic thing... Outrageous. The ironic thing is that the only mullet that we actually wanted to keep is now gone. Yeah. Jack Goodhue's mullet. Jack the Hughes, only mullet yeah. that we were Whereas... actually interested in. Fuck you, 2020. Johnny Murphy was... 
Johnny Murphy with one of the worst haircuts I've ever seen. <laughs> um, Steph Evans with a haircut that looks like a mistake. Uh, and Jacob Stockdale looking like he's auditioning for a role in the remake of American History X. It's it's just just lads. I mean, not long ago, Stockdale before lockdown was in full floppy sort of centre part in Virgin got... on nineties curtains look, wasn't he? And this is the thing: you can't go from one extreme to another like that. You know, just graduate yourself down. If you want to go full, you know, down to the woods, just graduate yourself to that. It's, it doesn't have to do it all in one go. Charlie Thomas gets in touch on Twitter. He says, shit is Bristol's system players. That's what they're calling their substitutes for the game tonight. <laughs> yeah, they've I mean, finishes, I didn't lie, but at least I understood. What do system players actually mean? I think it's basically saying, it's like, oh, you know, these are the, these are the players that are going to work in our system to... I don't know, it's fucking... See, it's, see it's, even you run out of steam there. It's just really, really tenuous, isn't it? No, it's just, just call them subs, man. Just call them replacements, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and the just thing is, everyone on the bench knows what they are. Doesn't matter what you call them. Oh, yeah. no, you're not on the... You know, you know, no, you're not a substitute, mate. You're a finisher or you're part of the... You're part of the system, the system that we bring on. It's like, no, I'm on the fucking bench and I want to start the game. And I'm in a fucking huff about it, and no amount of linguistic bollocks <laughs> is going to make me feel better about it. And that is the fucking thing, isn't it? Is that it, it's the same mindset that sort of means that corporate nonsense regards, you know, gives ridiculous sounding job titles to people with fairly menial, low level jobs to, you know, insult their intelligence by making yeah. them seem more important than and they like- are sanitation technician instead of, you know, cleaner or whatever. Yeah, made downsizing instead of you being made redundant. Yeah. Instead of a sacking loads know, of it's people. Straight out of that, it's straight out of that school of corporate bullshit. But I just don't see why, you know, as you say, players are not fooled by this, surely. They're not stupid. They know they're on the bench. They yeah, know that quite. if they weren't... And no amount of shit you good, say to them is going to make them feel any better about yeah. it. Yeah. They know that you start the best 15 players. So, <laughs> yes. you know, it's, yeah, honestly. I'm still very upset. Yeah, but you're, you're a sister player. I'm still very upset. Let's not talk about this I'm anymore because I'm, I'm getting I'm more upset. upset. Player. <laughs> Tom Dare gets into uh, it. He says, shit is the continuing clusterfuck at Leicester Tigers. Even as a Northampton fan, the humour of it is wearing thin because it's just really sad now. Disagree. Hard disagree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think... I mean, obviously, losing the battle like they did on the weekend was not fun, but, you know, they basically played the kids. You yeah. know, it was... Borthwick absolutely was just like, fuck it, throw this one, lads. Check a couple of people in, see how they go. We've, they've got nothing to play for. They can't get it's relegated. It's a weird old time for Borthwick, isn't it? Because it's not really yeah. the start of a season. But I suppose on another sense, you can say it doesn't really matter this season because you can't get relegated this season anyway. So I might as well just see yep. what my squad looks like when I put them into the battle, you know. It's basically a slightly more high-intensity pre-season, which could actually be really good mm. if you're approaching it from that point of view. David Williams says, shit, is, as you mentioned, Steph Evans's hair. He says, unless it was a sly reference to Mr. Burns and Dong Mattingly in the Homer at, bat, <laughs> Homer at the Bat episode of Simpsons, in which case that makes it good. Yeah, you're right, David. We'll never know, though. I doubt yeah. it is. Maddingly trim those sideburns. Exactly. I thought I told you to trim those sideburns. Yeah. 
Uh, shit for me is Premier Sports, who are <laughs> a lot, so a lot, a lot of on, a lot of Twitter blowback for Premier Sports this week. They'll be being cancelled, literally. Uh, be, all of their subscriptions will be being cancelled. Well, I mean, were it, were it I able to have a subscription to even cancel? Because I attempted on Friday to give them a pay TV broadcaster whose job it is to be paid to broadcast TV. I, I attempted to give them some money. And they're so bad, I couldn't even do that. <laughs> They've, I, I, I got an account because I was a subscriber before all of this happened, and then I cancelled it. So I signed into my account and was like, all right, so I'd like to resubscribe, please. Got all the way through to the payment bit, and they were like, oh, you can't do this. You have to ring them. You can't pay us to watch no sports. Answer. What do you Three think d- we are? <laughs> no. Three days, right? No answer from the, the line that that they told me to ring, which is the only way that I could pay for it. And so, what did I do? Well, I found other ways to watch the game. Ways that were fiddly and annoying and, and not exactly kosher either, but and that I didn't want to do. I wanted to pay them money to put sports on my telly, and they wouldn't let me do it. Like, they're so bad, they literally would not let me pay money. So I had, you know, when when piracy is easier than paying for it, You've got you've created a problematic business model. Let's put it that way. Big style, big style. But it's just that kind of negativity and calling people out for stuff that means that you're representative of what a shithole Britain is in 2020, Josh. See, I am. I'm basically Britain in a nutshell, and that nutshell is rancid. <laughs> Let's move on to good. Good. Tom says yes. good was that Josh Massavesi dummy. <laughs> it says everything about Leicester, right? That no, that they that he one he thought he could try such a fucking outrageous pantomime. He's behind you, dummy. <laughs> and then the fact that they went for it, hook, line, and fucking sinker. It's the best dummy I've seen since Ardy Surveyor's one. The big difference <laughs> is that everyone was somehow in by this one. Like it could only have been better is if he shouted <laughs> "Whoa hey!" as he did it, which I hope he did. <laughs> he did. He was laughing as he broke through the line because he was genuinely why that surprised be? it worked. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it was a bad situation because you know they were sixty minutes into the game. Actually, they were fifty minutes into the game, and Reese Priestland being taken to be replaced with Josh Matavesi at ten, which. Shows that you're, you know, if you're the opponent there, your game has not either gone really well or really badly. <laughs> um, send send a yeah. Matavesi in. It's always a, you're always in the kind of, yeah, shit a bus scenario, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's, it worked. I don't know how it worked, but it worked. Marty B gets in touch. He says, good is Bristol replacement fly house Tiff Eden's 80s tribute lid to German footballer Rudy Fuller. Said, I'm here all day for mullets and the return of black boots. That's what I say, mate. I think everyone should be wearing Puma Kings again now, even rugby players, is what I say. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Tiff Eden, though. Uh, Tiff. The only person I know as Tiff was that bloke who used to be on Top Gear in the in the early 90s. Remember him? Tiff, Tiff Nidell. Yeah. Yeah. The one who was so boring that, you know, he basically killed Top Gear until they <laughs> brought it back and made it all silly. Let's go to Tiff Nadell, who's shown you what value you can get in a used Honda Accord. 
But like, when you think think about it, I think actually no, you weren't here, were you? Because that was the week that me and, and Squidge did uh, did it on our own. But we 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 did sort of remark that Tiff Eden sounds like the world's most posh man. Yes. And then he he strides onto the rugby field with his big sort of blonde ringlets <laughs> and his ruddy cheeks, and it's like, well, I mean, bang on, bang on. He was also was absolutely like fucking dressed. He was fucking <laughs> he was terrible. Fucking awful. He was so <laughs> as I think, so uh, as, as Hulk and Rich to point out to it as well. Yeah, absolutely abysmal. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to him, he, you know, that I think that was his first Premiership appearance for for Bristol, and you know, he's he's mainly a centre. I think he certainly looks like he should be, but he's twenty five. To be honest, like he should have, like I'd hoped for a bit more from a. Six foot flipping hundred kg flyer. Doesn't matter how old you are if you're not very good. He's in his mid twenties. No, and I think we might have learned a lesson there. But... No, you know we get a bit of a shit sometimes for the piss taking that we do. We do. I would like to make the point that we absolutely recognise that every single one of these people has played That's a lot so more professional rugby games than we will ever play, and that they yeah. have more of an existence in rugby than we will ever have, quite frankly. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. and the bottom line is, is that fan culture, if you've ever read fanzines of any kind for years, involves a huge dollop of taking the piss. Mm. So that's what we do. So anyway, I don't know why I felt I had to intervene there. Because I know how terrible I was at rugby. But, you know, there you go. And it's not because yeah, I'm bitter and twisted and angry and, and, and jealous. I'm not. Quite happy with my life. It's just, it's just it's part just of funny. watching sport, isn't it? That you take the piss funny. out of things. It's just quite funny. I think it's like a bit like watching the X Factor for me. Some of it you just have to laugh at, don't you? <laughs> and take the piss out of the hair, well, obviously. Yeah, I mean, fair play to you know, Tiff is a physical specimen. He looks like a rugby player. He looks like an yeah. English. He'd rugby be better player. than me in a touch game. He'd make me look yeah. foolish. I accept that. Yeah. However, yeah. Saturday, in that, relatively speaking, shite. So. Very bad, really bad. Speaking of the on, the anti, the only way is up for him. The anti yes. of that, Stu Vader's jester got in touch and said that doing Van der Merver dodging tackles with the ball in one hand, making it look like a size three ball, that was wonderful. However, was really how bad is his hair, by the way? Uh, how does he skip through with that slightly balding? That's a that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, I I feel like we haven't. You know, our, our Scottish listeners will be saying, you know, this is just further example of how you know people ignore the Scottish teams in the Pro Four team. But you know, yeah, his his lid is absolutely up there. But yeah, the, he he went he went out, he went out in, round the fullback and in with the ball in one hand. It was fucking great. It was wonderful. I, part of me, I part of me, whenever I see somebody running with the ball like a loaf of bread like that. I do just kind of want somebody to come up behind them and just knock it out. Slap it. <laughs> yeah. But it didn't happen and it was very entertaining. So, you know. Colin McBride gets in touch. He says, good is Joe Simmons. To me, he looks like the player that lots of people think or want Marcus Smith to be. Oh. He mm. says, the delay mm. on the pass before Hogg's try with two Langley lining him up was a whole, the whole time was top class. You're right, actually. That's an interesting point. I think some people are because he looks so boy band, Marcus Smith. He's kind of he becomes a kind of cause celebre of wanting him to be something 
Um, it's, it kind of works both ways, doesn't it? it? On the one, on the one hand, I think it makes some people really, really, really wanting to do well, and some people really, really, <laughs> really not wanting to. Yeah. <laughs> and so it kind of, it, 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 it cuts both ways, I think. But yeah, our love is like yeah. a knife; it cuts both ways, as Glory Rester fan sang. Hello. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it does feel like. There was a bit of talk about Simmons like a year or two ago regarding England, and now Eddie Jones seems to not be bothered anymore. And everybody, but he's a very, very good player. Um, and let, barring a disaster, of, all the time, barring a disaster, Ford and Farrell are the two tens in the England squad for the rest of time. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, Farrell, and Farrell will twenty-five. Into, well, at least yeah, for a long time. So, yeah. Anyway, where was that? Certainly so, for the remainder of Eddie, certainly for the remainder of Eddie Jones's time with England, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Owen Farrell's twenty-eight, and yeah. uh, Ford's twenty-five, isn't he? Ford's twenty-five or twenty-six. Yeah. So you know, realistically, for the next three, four, five seasons, it's very hard to see anybody but those two. So, yeah, the third choice fly-off. Why not try something different? You know, why not try a Marcus Smith? I Adam in the camp project player. Indeed. Still in 20 odds, see. Anyway, moving on. Mm. Uh, Patricia gets in touch. She says, Good is I've been waiting for what feels like forever to say it again. But of course, it's Andrew Conway. And of course, Keith Earls for that finish as well. He played well, didn't he, Keith Earls on Saturday? He played really well, actually, yeah. Ooh, the Most pain in your honest. eyes when you had to say that out loud. Ooh. I mean, look, you know, it's, it's credit where it's due. He's very good when he wants to be. He's no, not he is. always. He's, he's... And, he, and particularly in a monster shirt these days, you know, he he brings a degree of sort of competency and calm to the back line that I just don't think. You know, it's not often that you see a player kind of settle into the kind of twilight era of his career, having been an international, and just go, "Yeah, I'm quite happy to kind of." do what I need to do and play my part and make everybody around me look better. But that's what he does, you know, in a sort of relatively, in, you know, that midfield, that Munster midfield now with Farrell and Dialente is large. And it's it large and it's strong. And it's unsophisticated, let's be real here. And you do kind of need somebody with a bit of composure and a bit of kind of A bit of finesse, class. yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what he's bringing to that team now. Patricia, though, also does say that shit is possibly the most exciting signing in Munster history, tearing his ACL seven minutes into his debut. Most exciting yeah. signing in Munster, Munster history, Patricia, really? More more excited than when Brian Carney signed at the dog end of his rugby league career for about two months? <laughs> more exciting than I mean, when Big Nick went there? Surely nothing is more exciting than... <laughs> Big Nick, no matter what the club is, even though he only played there for a season or whatever. I mean, Munster have had some pretty good foreign signings over the years. I mean, more than Dougie Howlett, really? World Cup winner? Yeah. But, you know, fair play. He he was... I mean, let's not talk him up too much because he's not going to play for Munster for another year. But he is a genuinely exciting signing. I was just using that as a way to make a joke about Brian Carney. Then you made it all serious. Well, sorry. 
James Broderick gets in touch. He said, good was RG Steel. He says, with shit was RG's landing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'll tell you what is good, actually, is that uh, this next, this well, this week, basically, um, Edinburgh and Glasgow will be playing rugby in front of some folk. 700 free tickets, I believe. 700, yeah. Insert your own joke here about normal crowd numbers. It's too obvious. Too and that's, obvious. I'm not going there. I'll let you do no. it. I should have just paused for a set for 10, 10 seconds yeah. and let everyone shout back <laughs> what the joke would be. <laughs> the way that they've allotted them is quite interesting, though, because they've, they've allotted it to 700 Edinburgh season ticket holders on the basis of how close they live to Murrayfield. Which... Okay. I mean, they, must have been, they must have been going like inch by inch there, you would think, wouldn't yeah. you? Because <laughs> do they live anywhere else? <laughs> Other yeah. than slightly around Murrayfield, I don't know. I guess I guess they're doing it for reasons of kind of not wanting people to make long distance Somebody's going to write to me now, aren't they? Well, actually, Murrayfield's right next to a right massive council estate where everyone supports Hart and Midlothian or something. So, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's 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 just good, man. Like... It's only 700 people in a 60,000-seat stadium, admittedly, but, you know, just having some people cheering that aren't part of the fucking club staff will yes. be nice, I think. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, long-suffering, but not so long-suffering no more. Dragons fan Jamie Phillips has been in touch, friend of the Hello. pod. Hello, Jamie. He says, Dragons not finishing this season as Wales's worst team. Something that hasn't yeah. happened for five years. Fair play. Drink it in, Jamie. Um, Drink it in. I'm not being funny, Jamie, but when we went to Judgment Day and met you, mm-hmm. and Dragons famously won that game, then it's all turned around a bit since then, generally. It's been an upward Basically, trend ever since. I'm claiming it. Ever since. Ever since. Yeah. People we, say we we're a jinx, but they forget this. We've revitalised the entire Newport-Gwent rugby <laughs> Edifice, you know, it's got nothing to do with that Just Eat bloke. It's all us. David Buttress. He does engage with the fans on Twitter. I quite like that about him. He does. Whether he disagrees with him or not, he he generally deals with them in good spirit as best Mm. he can because he gets a load of shit on there. Oh, Lord, he does. (laughs) Especially when they sign Jamie Roberts. Good Lord. Yes. Um, Oliver McGrath gets in touch. He says, "Good was Leinster versus Munster. No crowd, but still a bit of needle between the teams and genuinely a great game of rugby. Yeah, I completely agree. Edinburgh Rugby gets in touch and says, hello. Uh, he didn't say hello. I said hello to him. He said, hello you. He said, rugby I actually care about is back. Honestly, But there's something to be said for it, isn't there? I cannot explain it, how happy it makes me to just feel like and if I you ever need an explanation to how again. sport isn't just an entertainment spectacle, it's that as well. But it has to be more than that to really get you interested, doesn't it? You don't, not even having your own team playing, but teams that are somehow within the cultural orbit of your sport. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's like you really do have to have that that engagement with the whole edifice of it. And that was what was missing from Super Rugby, you know, when we were watching it. It's it's getting it, you know. It's and it's exciting to have it back and to have it all back and not just sort of little outliers here or there. Well, France isn't back yet, but you know, 
He also says good is a small first step to finding a way to get some fans in. Yeah, as Josh had just referred to. Hope it helps so. explore the possibility for other teams and sports as well, yeah. And also Graham Gulvin, another Scottish friend. He says good was Rory Hutchinson. Okay, it was only against London Irish, but he looked dangerous every time he got the ball and he put in some huge hits in defence. And unless you've got anything else, Josh, that's us. No, I think uh, I think that's, that's pretty much it. I've said all I need to say. Okay. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> I don't know why I sort of said it as if I was sort of... <laughs> you can't say it to him, but it, there's I've, he folded I've, his arms as he said it. Well, I don't know why I did it. <laughs> uh, I said my piece. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> so there you go. Josh has said his piece and he all now wants you all to fuck off. So we'll speak to you all next, next week, no doubt. Two episodes next week because we've got um, a rugby history about the history of the Sevens taking in a lot of Scotland, I imagine. And the prof will be back in the chair. And also Cameron from um, Scottish Rugby Podcast. So speak to you all soon. Thank you very much. Take care and goodbye. So long. There's good birthday surprises, like when your friends throw you a party. And bad ones, like realising you're so old, you can't blow out all your candles in one go. At Phonewatch, we're celebrating 30 years of protecting Irish homes. And we've got a birthday surprise for you. For a very limited time, get a phone watch alarm installed for only €30. Euro. Yes, just €30. Euro. Offer ends November 30th, so order right away at phonewatch.ie. Monitoring fees apply. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.